0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: It's a first. What's that?
2: First time it's ever happened
1: fully made up oh i i did notice it i just i didn't i know look at you all makeup yeah. I, well it doesn't matter you know yeah, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. have those marble man good yeah. looks it doesn't really make it. it doesn't matter it doesn't really i don't even notice oh booyah that's right the Marlboro man is back paul D. burmacher see it doesn't really matter Right, and yeah. not, I can't tell there's no difference, so there's really not, I mean, other than you're maybe a hair tanner,
2: I mean someone did not do a good job last week in making me up yeah, there's no difference,
1: well, no, I mean, they did a good job, like you can barely tell, but it's not like you don't need it like I do, no like come on. you don't no, you don't, you definitely don't, and I heard like, um, do we have a picture of something, a marble man, something I heard there like might that be something. right, I mean, I don't want to get carried away here or anything like that because. Oh, we're going to show it later. (laughs) It's not ready yet. Premature. (laughs) Sorry. i about I do that. But here we go. We're going to hit on it all today. I mean, of course, we're going to hit about my quarterback rankings again. we got a ton of questions, you know, from all the homies out there through social media. Paulie's got some things he wants to ask. So we're going to really break that down, going to answer a few questions about some of the -the down-the-line guys. Uh, This is an all-quarterback podcast. Anything that anybody doesn't think I answered the first time around – We'll hit it here, and we'll break it down further. That's no problem. I understand not everybody's going to agree with my rankings, and I'm not That's saying good. they're all right. But Paul be here of the fun. And, and just so I start before yeah. I get it, Big Phil, not today. Mm. He's coming in Wednesday. He had some daddy-daycare duty. Okay. Doctor's office? Yeah, yeah. My, my, my little brother is expecting a baby. Okay. We just found that out last nice. week. Not him specifically, his Correct. fiance or his wife. Yeah. Yes. So that's big news in and our household. They had a little checkup today. Matt, Dad uh, had to take... I think had to work with some of my brother's quarterbacks. You know, oh, my brother's got yeah, a yeah. bunch of quarterbacks in the North Jersey. Yeah. Him and my dad do that. So dad had to do some of his work for him, cover his butt today. Yeah, yeah so we'll get him Wednesday.
2: Actually, that, that one time I went down and threw with your dad, your brother Matt was there.
1: Right. And, like, anytime your dad
2: would get, like, far enough away so he, he couldn't hear us, Matt would be like, don't let him get too far in your head, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You'll never throw the same. Yeah, so right. He, right. He, he was very good. <laughs> yeah, it was nice sure. to have him around. Yeah,
1: don't, don't let him get too technical on you where you're yeah. thinking about everything. Thing in the world hey that's right. part of uh playing quarterback or anything that takes mechanics yeah you want to take the mechanics but don't get so into your head that you're worried about every little thing to where now you lock yourself up and you can't even throw the ball or do certain things like that right uh, and big phil can do that there's so, no doubt so as for today just yeah. for
2: context normally th- these notes i have in front of me are a page maybe a page and like right on another i have so many questions that they came in via twitter i knew this was going to happen it's part of the fun with, with uh, rolling out your list of top five quarterbacks, you know the reaction's coming in. Yep. People are going to agree, people are going to not agree, and it's going to carry us through another podcast, which is today, us reacting to all the reaction that we got. Yeah, so, cool. B- before I get into these questions, right. over the weekend, the yeah. past few weekends, coaches, GMs, your friends in the league, reach out, push back on, on any one of the guys in general more than the other?
1: No, I, I can't say that I got a whole lot of pushback. You know, I had a few that were like, would you really take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence? Right. Another ranking. I had a few of that. I had a few that were like, hey, I'm with you with Zach Wilson. I think he's the guy. Right. You know, Mac Jones. I got a lot of where would you draft him? Kellen Mond. I got what I thought I was going to get. Oh, we liked Kellen up or Mond. Down. Well, no, we liked him. We were hoping nobody would really catch on to him. Now, you I like don't know the if they're thinking of the he's a, a first round pick or anything like that, but I know we got a lot of questions about Kellen Mond and mm-hmm. all that. And then with the bottom two guys, it was more of, hey, you like their talent. Explain to me what you didn't like about their issues and things like that. So, uh, overall, it was pretty good feedback. I, I, I shared a few things with Pete, too. I had some. You know, a few big-time coaches just give me some nice words of just like, hey, keep being you. Feels good, right? Yeah, Yeah. saw the list, you know, keep being you, don't change anything, anything like that. So that's always cool to hear. I
2: never got the sense that you were thinking about changing. But it is nice to to
1: pile up a lot more hits than misses –
2: in the previous drafts, no doubt, right? No doubt, it helps. Gives and, you some
1: conviction. Yeah, it gives me conv- well, it gives me conviction. My years being around it, you know, I do, I do this for the right reasons. That's where I can live with myself. I'm not here to do any for any other reasons other than I want to be right. This is what I see. I've been around it a lot. I tried to explain this, Peter King. I know he wrote a little something on Football Morning in America, and I just he goes, well, how do you deal with you know the Twitter hate and all that? He goes, I released your rankings, and he goes, I couldn't get over all the hate that I got on my Twitter page about you and me too, you know, I'm sure. And I just said, listen, (laughs) first off, I don't care. You know, second off, a lot of these people tweeting on, on, it's the Twitter mob. None of them have ever seen a quarterback in the history of their life or an NFL football player in the history of their life. A lot of them have way too much time. They're 30 something years old, living in the basement with mom (laughs) and they can do Twitter all day. I can't, I got things to do. Right. And uh, I've been coached by some really smart people and like I always say, my greatest experience is just to see quarterbacks mm-hmm. and things like that are catching passes from my father, catching passes from Randall Cunningham and Vinny Testaverdi the day before a quarterback challenge because right. they want to go to the field and work out a little bit. Being at the quarterback challenge and Dan Marino going, hey, Christopher, stand up. And he's throwing me, you know, 20 balls mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And now it's Brett Favre the next year. So I've, I've got the throw, catch for Tom Brady at practice when I was in New England there. So I've seen it, I've been there, and I'm not saying you got to agree, wa- agree on me, but you don't have to actually just call me a stupid asshole on Twitter, okay? <laughs> That's where I'll draw the line. All right. <laughs> I, I've
2: responded to people by saying that, you know, ego is a good thing as long as you have a work ethic and treat people well. And Chris has a lot of ego wrapped up in how he ranks these quarterbacks, as he should. And it's got nothing to do with making a sounding an alarm or getting people to follow you on Twitter. It's 100 percent has to do with with how you see it. Happen. Yeah, so, no doubt. Um, right. With that. Yeah. We saw Zach Wilson ranked number one. A yep. lot of questions about that one. Sure. because I haven't seen that anywhere else. Chris. All right. I I went out and paid a lot of attention and tried to find somebody else who has him number one. A lot of compliments about him, but I didn't see anybody else had him at the top. Let's start with at GM118, start again. At GM18, Lewis, Zach Wilson almost lost his starting job last year. Does the fact that his play improved dramatically this season, playing a weaker-than-normal BYU schedule due to COVID-19 bother you at all?
1: No, it it does not. You know, listen, we're going to, first off, just I'll hit the competition thing first. I, I think it's a little overblown. You know, there's too, many, there's too many quarterbacks through time here that have succeeded playing average college competition. Like I said, when you're under pressure, you're under pressure. You know, no, I know it's going to be different in the NFL and all of those type of things, yes. But throwing in the closed quarters and having to still be able to throw the ball accurately or with power, that to me translates to the NFL, okay? All right, you know, throwing in the tight windows or coverage, yeah, it's going to be different receiver and, and better talented DBs. But those are things that are very easily learned. Like, okay, the speed's a little different. I got to lead this guy, you know, six inches more than I used to my old receiver at BYU. That I don't look at that. You know, and again, you know, we, we wouldn't have a lot of the great quarterbacks we got, whether that's Josh Allen, Phil Simms, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Flacco, um, Big Ben, University of Miami. Whoa, was that competition that special there? No, it was not. So I don't look at that as being a make or break thing. Now, going back to the other thing. He played well the year before. It wasn't great. Then he got hurt a little bit at the end of the football season, too. They opened up the competition. From everything I know about that, it was like, yeah, we opened up the competition. They expected him to win, but they weren't just going to give him a free pass. He got bigger. He got stronger. And then he did all the right things to fight that adversity that I like. It it is. Don't – let me just say last thing before we go there. Yeah. And – don't put these college coaches so much on a pedestal like they know what the hell they're doing. I mean, <laughs> Pittsburgh kept Tyler Palco over Joe Flacco. Um, 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 Georgia kept I-can't-throw-a-ball Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Um, 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 Urban Meyer, or no, not Urban Meyer, Ryan Davey and company. Or no, it was Urban Meyer too, right? They, they t- chose Dwayne Haskins at a, over Joe Burrow. Right. So don't think just because they are making millions of dollars and they're the head coaches that they always know what the hell they're talking about with every guy, too. we got to take that into account as well. But it is fair to bring up because yes, it is very it is. unique to have a guy a year ago
2: who had to win his job back right. with the kind of talent that puts him probably up to the number two pick in the draft. Yep. Even if, Even if the coach – I don't even know the names – even if the coach isn't the best in the country – wouldn't they be able to recognize that kind of talent and say, this guy's starting no matter what, we got to figure it out?
1: Well, I, you know, again, I don't know what the, what the overall issue was there. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak to that. I and mean, that's where I'm a little, you know, I'm in a little bit of a disadvantage. I wish I could tell you more there. But I can tell you in going back and watching some of the 2019 stuff, mm-hmm. there's still throws and plays where I go, I, there's nobody that throws like this. Right. And he's only gotten better. And I don't look at it as, you know, again, I'm not huge into like, oh, let me look back two years from now with a growing boy who's become now becoming a man and improved his game to think, oh, he's going to revert back to what we saw in 2018 or 2019. I just don't look at it that way, or I don't put as much stock into it, I guess, as, as uh, maybe everybody else. So. Uh, I guess that's my two cents there. But there was still plenty of good. And then he answered those challenges. He did. You know, with, with you know blue stars, blue ribbons, whatever the hell you want to call them. couple of questions yeah. here, which I'm not going to cite any one person.
2: I'm just going to ask you about yeah. it because it's come up quite a bit. You addressed the fact that he had to win his job back, maybe, or to whatever level that's, that's true. Right. Um, how about this one, the torn labrum? This comes up a lot. Yeah. Does that injury bother you? It does. That he had last year.
1: Yes. I mean, it does, but there's nothing to say it should bother me. It didn't look like it was bothering him in the film. That's what I mean. I mean, you know, nor does the results look like it. Oh, you mean the guy with the most explosive arm in the draft? I mean, hey, listen, like I said this, and I, I said this a lot. Well like, I had this conversation a little bit with my dad over the weekend. If, if, if you lined up Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and said, "Throw the ball absolutely as hard as you can," mm-hmm. I bet you Trevor Lawrence could probably throw more miles per hours on it. But I don't know if he can and be consistently accurate right. and be in all in the weird positions and oh, you can't step into this throw, and oh, you got to jump and get two feet off the ground and do all that. I don't think he can throw it as hard as Zach Wilson in those positions, let alone the accuracy. Right. Zach Wilson can continue. Let's just say Trevor Lawrence's fastball, his absolute fastest is 105, right? Let's say Zach Wilson's is 101. Well, Zach Wilson can do all those weird things in those weird positions and still throw 99-100 and paint corners and do those things. Right. Where Trevor Lawrence, no, there's going to be – and I love this, and this is where there's some improvement that can be had and there's untapped potential. But if you ask him to rip it every time like that, he's going to miss and it's going to be, whoa, ball outside. Whoa, ball outside. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a lot of good, don't get me wrong. But I don't see anything on film to make me scared of what I – the Zach Wilson, the labrum thing or anything right. like
2: that. I don't think there's a quarterback coach around, NFL or college – that wouldn't sacrifice five or six miles per hour of speed for better anticipation and better accuracy. Sure. Like brought up. Right, right. Right.
1: And 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 I'm not saying again. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is worthy of the number one pick. He can do all of those things. Well, all I'm saying is Zach Wilson's special at it from the, that standpoint. And uh, bottom line is no, I'm not necessarily concerned about the the, the torn labrum. Money Not question. at this age and where he's at and what I saw on film.
2: Right. Yeah. It does bring up an interesting point about this year's process without a combine, yeah. a follow-up combine about the right. medical, because you know that would have been addressed oh, in so many different ways no this doubt. year. I mean, how are they going to get okay with that, with that question? I guess they just have to watch his film and say, you know what? It, it doesn't look like his shoulder hurts too right.
1: much. I, and I would think at some point, you know, they're going to get into some visiting teams, I would imagine. I mean, the rules are getting loosened up here all across the country <laughs> to where he's going to get into the teams that are serious about him. They're going to get them to the doctors they need to get to and, and, and figure it out from
2: there. Yeah. So Here's the money question. This yeah. came in a number of different ways, but this one sums it up well. Valley Boys Sports. Chris, be honest, if you're Trent Balky, GM for the Jaguars, are you really taking Zach Wilson number one overall?
1: Uh, I, I mean, I think Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Trevor Lawrence is certainly the safer pick. You know, I don't know. Trevor Lawrence, would I say, okay, if we had to measure floors – Mm -hmm. I'll go, yeah, his floor is higher than Zach Wilson, you know, because of his size. That's a great, you know, a great uh, attribute that he has, you know, his his ability to throw over people and do things like that. Like, I can't imagine Trevor Lawrence being a bust, bust, bust like I don't. I think Mm -hmm. it's like as worse as it could get is like, oh, he's a number 11 quarterback in football or the number 12. Now, I don't envision that with Zach Wilson, but okay, with the size and the injuries and things like that, you know, all right, maybe his floor is a hair lower, but I think his, his ceiling's higher. That's where I get into. I think his ceiling's higher than Trevor Lawrence's. Right. You know, that's different than how I felt as compared to Herbert and Tua last year. Right. Now, and the other aspect that goes into this, you know, is, uh, yeah, I think the way Urban Meyer is going to run his offense and things like that, I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence's style. I do. I don't think it's going to be a we want a guy to drop back and be Aaron Rodgers and pick you apart because our system's good and we got, you know, we know you can make all the right throws like Mahomes and Josh Allen. No, I think it's going to be more of the, you know, predicated on a little bit of the quarterback run and wide receiver screens and running back screens and, oh, fake the wide receiver screen and now we throw the go up the side. All the things you saw Trevor Lawrence do in college, mm-hmm. all I've ever seen Urban Myers offenses do throughout time. So I'm expecting him to be the number one pick, okay? But no, I you, I, I like Zach Wilson. I don't right. know anyone to say it, but if you made me bet, I would bet you that they take Trevor Lawrence right. number one. Let's let's look at this situation, yeah. if we can.
2: Right, it's kind of a juxtaposition here, but. We're talking about the Jags, but let's try and think of the in the abstract, too, because I don't want to call any one person out. Yeah. How often do you think it happens where a, a GM, a team is facing a giant pick like this in the draft, and it is a safer pick to take the guy that everybody thinks is going to be awesome? And they all think this, what if this doesn't work out? What if it doesn't work? If Zach Wilson didn't work and they took him – People are probably going to get fired. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't work out, the one they were supposed to take... No doubt. It's disappointing. It's safer. ...sets them back, but yeah. they probably keep their jobs. Well, yeah, because they can
1: go, well, everybody out of number one. I think about that, right. I
2: sensed it when I was working all those years um, covering the draft at NFL Network. Do you think that's a real thing that GMs deal with?
1: 100%. 100%. That's They're, not just perceived. No, it's not perceived. There's going to be... If they were even thinking about it, they're going to think that's going to be one of the first things they're going to think. Wait, if we took Zach Wilson and it didn't work out quite yeah. the way, even if he got hurt again, people are going to go, well, he got hurt in college. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this? This guy right here played major college football. So there's no doubt they're going to think about that. It's safer. It's safer. That's that's where it's safer. I And I understand that. I get mm-hmm. that. So, And I do think that. Urban Meyer took the job thinking he was going to take this guy all along, mm-hmm. right? So that's part of it as well. And we'll see where it goes. You know, I, again, I don't know what the overall outlook of Urban Meyer's offense is going to look like, right? They got Daryl Bevel up there. So I would think you're going to see a combination of things Urban's done throughout his career and a little bit of Darryl Bevel and all of that. Now, if it was just going to be purely Daryl Bevel's offense, mm-hmm. I would almost go, Jack Wilson's going to fit it. Better than than Trevor Lawrence. What's Daryl's offense? How you well, Daryl's is like it's it's West Coast light. You know, he came from Green Bay back mm-hmm. in the days yep. with the Favre's and the Rodgers. You know, so that's where Zach Wilson and that kind of offense is gonna he's gonna try to he's gonna pick people apart. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. I don't think that's going to be their offense. It's not going to be about we're going to surgically destroy you 5, 10, 15, oh, Zach Wilson rifled down the middle because he surgically got you all over the 5 and 10-yard passes, and now he aggressively throws a laser down the field and do that. To me, I don't expect to see that in Jacksonville, nor do I think that Trevor Lawrence is nearly as ready to work orchestrate or run an offense like that as compared Mm. to Zach Wilson. That's where I'll say it's different too.
2: One more on Zach Wilson. And uh, I I had this one circled since this morning when I printed this out. This is from at Metro G10. If you are the Jets and they have the second overall pick in the draft, would you trade Deshaun Watson for Zach Wilson? uh, Pardon me. Would you trade for Deshaun Watson or would you draft Zach Wilson? Right.
1: Uh, My my heart of hearts, I want to say – Take Zach Wilson. You got all these picks. You got a chance to really build something on the offensive side of the ball and have some young receivers and a young offensive line and some, some we'll see what they do at running back to where they could grow and really form a nucleus and have a special, special unit You know, a few years from now. Deshaun Watson with that right there, Hey, listen. I know he's awesome, but they're probably going to have to trade other things out the door too yeah. to do that, which is going to hamstring their ability to complete the full team and all of that as well. So it's a good thought, certainly, but I, you know it's all dependent on what's being what's going to be asked, I guess, to get Deshaun Watson. You know, as much as I love Zach Wilson and mm-hmm. all that. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. It's a proven commodity. We know what he is. They There's, have real draft capital in the, New York. I know they got all these picks. They certainly can, but just like we've talked about a lot, they got a whole bunch of issues on their roster. I mean, they got one of the biggest off seasons in front of them compared to anybody in football. They got they need almost they need to improve their offensive line. They need a running back. They need receivers. They need a pass rusher. They need corners. They need safeties. I mean, you go through the whole thing. I mean, they need a lot of stuff. So that's where I get into, okay, yeah, I like the Deshaun Watson idea, but what are you going to have to give up for it? Mm -hmm. And with as many holes as you got to fill, now you get Deshaun Watson and you go, well, crap, we still got a lot of holes to fill and we just gave away some of our ability to fill them. One more Jets question. Would you drop down to eight if Carolina wanted to come up
2: to two and take whatever picks they're going to give you and say, you know what? We'll get our quarterback at eight.
1: Well, the, or or they could maybe that they decide that they want to sit with Sam Darnold with Sam. and go, go with that. Yeah. That's certainly a possibility. Okay, but then who is that quarter? They got to make sure they love that next quarterback if they want to do that. Whoever yeah. they, if they're in love with Mac Jones and do that, okay. I mean, then that that makes sense. You know, I, I but I don't know. You're also leaving that opportunity of somebody else to jump you now yeah. and maybe get up in there. Um, I understand that thought of too, but. I'll just say again what I said last week. I just have a hard time thinking, all right, with what you see from Zach Wilson, the offense they're about to run. The new offensive coordinator is Mike LaFleur. His brother is Matt LaFleur, and he has a quarterback that has those Zach Wilson, Wilson traits and the way he plays as an Aaron Rodgers. And... They've lost six regular season games in two years, okay? And I just look at that and go, man, Zach Wilson's made for that offense. He's made for it. The shanahan Lafleur system type thing. And that's where I love it, and that's where if I'm them, I'm, I'm running up to the podium. All
2: right, moving on to Trevor Lawrence, your yeah. second-ranked quarterback. Yeah. At Frank 2782, do any of these QBs remind you of past greats? Trevor Lawrence, Looks like a mixture of Luck and Peyton.
1: Yeah, sure. I see, I see the Peyton. I, see, I honestly see more Eli than I see Peyton as far as just the pure throwing style. Mm. But I see the Peyton thing too. I get it. I don't know if I necessarily see Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is a much thicker, bigger man uh, that way. A little bit more of a true robotic you know, motion that never changed. I mean, Andrew Luck. You can look at him in college in the NFL. It was, it was always just raw. And he's you know, one of the guys. Turn the front shoulder. Yeah. You know, his arm always stayed in the right position. I mean, it never really changed. He was a machine throwing the football. Yeah.
2: You always say size yeah. is a skill, right? Trevor's big,
1: right? But Andrew
2: Luck, like you had to be next to him to realize, like this guy might be 240. Yeah, right. He, he was big as hell. He was, I, think,
1: I think it was the last time I talked to Andrew. You know, maybe a second year I was with him and I was going to do a game when I was working at CBS, and he was like 244, 245. It was one of the first things I asked him when he walked in the room. You know, yet Trevor Lawrence is not as big as Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's 240. Trevor Lawrence, we just saw him at a pro day, and I know he didn't get the lift and he's got the shoulder issues, but it's hard to make me think he's much more than 220, 225. He's right in there, even Mm -hmm. if he's in his prime. Um, But I do see some of those qualities. I know what they see with the Peyton Manning stuff. There is some similarities there and everything like that. There's a lot to like about Trevor Lawrence. You know, their offense, what they do, everything like that. Hey, yeah, there's a lot of easy plays thrown in there. Definitely, Like we talked about with Zach Wilson, the vice versa is, man, Trevor Lawrence always got to be on the field with the better team and pros and they could help him out and people were wide open. So, I don't know, is that conducive to the NFL? Are people going to be that open? See, that's where people make too big of a deal of one side and then they don't, they don't check themselves before they wreck themselves on the other side hmm. where I go, well, this that's the thing too. You know, Trevor Lawrence, so I can get into games – Whether it's Virginia Tech and some other games where they go, hey, Virginia Tech, Miami, they take away the screens and some of the bullshit that Clemson has. And I'm not sitting there going, whoa, he's dicing these teams up. No. But Lawrence here at the very base, the size like we talked about is a skill. His arm is real. And if he could clean up some of the mechanical things, I mean, he definitely could be that guy that could have a top five, top eight arm in football. There's no doubt. The other thing I love about it, Hey, his throwing, a lot of it's outside the numbers. You know I'm into that. I mean, shit, anybody can hit the inside slant for seven yards. I'm not, I mean, if we're still talking about that with a top five pick, then fuck me. Move on. I mean, that's what I loved about his pro day. Okay, we didn't waste time with like, whoa, he can throw the swing route to the back. I hope he can. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. What I loved about him on film is you do get to see a lot of goes, posts, you know, deep outs from the far hash, um, you know, double moves up the sideline, into holes, all of those things. Back shoulder throws. He's very good at that. So, you know, there is, again, I know everyone thinks I'm trying to attack Trevor Lawrence because I made him the number two greatest non-professional <laughs> quarterback in the whole world. Uh, but I love what I see from him. I'm right. excited about him. I'm not as blown away like I told you with his throwing as I was compared to Justin Herbert. Right. But his athleticism is greater than And his ability to extend plays and run is a real threat, and he does bring that to the table. So there's a lot I like about him.
2: And I like the fact that you went Ice Cube. I think 1993. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: mean, probably was that Ice Cube? I'm not even sure. I think it was. Okay, good. I'll doubt you on that one. You're more in the prime prime of that Uh, than me, right? Yeah.
2: (laughs) You you were in grade school, still trying
1: to figure out. Yeah, I was just getting into it, like P. Diddy and Notorious B.I.G. Pete, that's Ice Cube, right? Pete says correct. Good,
2: good. Okay, Mac Jones. lot of Mac Jones questions. Okay. All right? Yep. Let's start here. Garnett West. You're usually very high on physical ability, but somehow you give Mac Jones a pass. You had him as your third-best quarterback.
1: He makes a makes a parallel to thinking Kirk Cousins is his ceiling. Right. Uh, well, no, he's, he. this is better than Kirk Cousins coming out. I studied Kirk Cousins. It was – one of my first years really studying it, right, yeah. because I was out of football and I was starting to get really into this. I, Kirk Cousins' film is not Mac Jones. Right. It's not. And I would say coming out, Mac Jones' arm is more powerful than Kirk Cousins' is right now. There's no doubt. Now, he's right. Listen, I, I like physical gifts, no doubt about it. You know, but here's what I'll challenge our question here. Yeah there's a lot of physical gifts to like. Again, this is where we're getting into, I think, the way he looks and things like that, where I go, yeah, okay, he's not, like, real, real fast. He's got unbelievable feet, like we talked about. It's it's arguably the best feet in the pocket in the draft. You know, I'm going to give Zach Wilson the edge because he's, like, a magic man there. But I think second is probably Mac Jones. His balance is, is terrific. Balance, yeah. shuffling around, moving, stepping up in the pocket, stepping up in the pocket, then shuffling and making a throw. And then, yes, okay, to our, to our, to our question you know, point, it's not a rocket arm, but it's a real good arm. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. They're, you're underappreciating it. And, you know, I'm, I, like of course, love guys that can throw lasers like Mahomes and Josh Allen and Rodgers. Who the hell doesn't? But that, those are few and far between those guys that come about. You know, Mac Jones, like I said, Joe Burrow was my number one quarterback last year. His arm is every bit as strong mm-hmm. as Joe Burrow's. I would, t- I would actually bet it's stronger. His ability to push the ball down the field more effectively, I think, than Joe Burrow. And you know I loved Joe Burrow last year. Second, on top of that, playing the position, it's as clean as I've seen since Joe Burrow either. Joe Burrow, that's what blew me away last year. I just went, holy, qu- holy crap, the decisions, the pinpoint throws with these quick decisions, going through the reads and then still diagnosing the other side of the field in a flash and throwing the appropriate ball. Mac Jones does all that. He is an elite thrower of the football. Yeah. He is. He's more consistent of a thrower than Trevor Lawrence. He is. That's now, he the can't throw it as people. hard. That's I know it doesn't. Yeah. But if you took – I really think if you took them out on the field and you started to go, hey, let's start throwing all the routes, right? Okay, I want to throw a 20-yard out route. I want it on the right shoulder. I bet you Mac Jones would hit the right shoulder more and do those type of things. Oh, I want this one to be behind him just a hair. I would bet you Mac Jones can do that too. You know, Trevor, Trevor, again, because there's a few little mechanical issues, the ball can go certain places. Now, Trevor's going to make a few throws every now and again. You go, whoa, Matt can't, right. Matt can't throw that 25-yard seam with that kind of pace <laughs> like that. Right. No way. But it's still really damn good. And it can still be really successful in the NFL, in my opinion. People bring up quite a bit, and we've kind of laughed about it yeah. here. I, I think you and
2: Florio talked about it. The fact that he doesn't look good in his uniform. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's more that this narrative that he's okay but not great has to do with the fact that Tua had very good numbers there's last no year. There's no doubt. And there's just an assumption made. Oh, there's Devontae Smith. There's Jalen Waddell. All the quarterbacks there win and put up great numbers. He's just the next in line. Yeah. I would challenge anybody. Then where anybody. are all the other
1: quarterbacks before Tua? Right? Why aren't? Where is AJ? M- why wasn't AJ McCarron the first pick? He won two national championships. Right? Why wasn't he the first pick of the draft? You know who's the one before that that went to the Jets for a little? You know McElroy. Damn! What? Well, well, sh- they never lost. He should be the first pick of the draft. Right? Stop with all that. It doesn't mean shit. John Elway was four and seven. Patrick Mahomes was four and seven. It doesn't mean shit. It's about what the quality is there to be had on the field. What's there to be had. What's taken advantage when when nothing's there to be had. The play calls. Mm -hmm. Tua, we were fed the hype forever. Waddle was only there for a few games this year. It was just Devontae Smith. Tua had all four. Mm -hmm. Okay? All four, healthy as can be. All right? Did you see what Waddle and Devontae Smith said last weekend? They were asked about who was the better quarterback. They came out – they didn't even – they didn't even, like, hesitate. Right. Which was surprising.
2: Right. Because usually guys will play it more down the middle because they were both their teammates and probably like them both.
1: Because they know Mac Jones, is throwing, his ability to get the ball to the receivers with pressure around him, the lack of NFL throws that I didn't see with Tua last year. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of college stuff. It was a lot of, like, hey, that's cool – but that ain't going to happen in the NFL. Oh, that was a cool scramble against some team that's not as good as you guys. But you're not going to be able to do that in the NFL. They're, they're going to be fast. It's not a legit scramble in the NFL. It's like when I went back to with Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel, everybody was trying to tell me, this the first pick of the draft, second pick of the draft. And fuck no. He wasn't a first-round pick. Everybody got excited because he ran around you know, Alabama at the time who had no speed on the edge of their team. No fast guys. That is what changed Urban Meyer. And I went, okay, yeah, he did all that. But then when I watched the Florida and LSU game, he couldn't run around for crap because they had NFL defense ends. And that's where I went, whoa, so wait, the throwing's not first-round elite and the athleticism is not first-round elite. I know it's awesome in college and he can win the Heisman and all that, but that doesn't mean it translates to the NFL. And this game, what I'm getting back to now, is Mac Jones' game translates to the NFL way more than Tua – And the other thing that I will keep saying, and I said this to a few people like on TV and radio this last week, the way they called the game in general tells me they knew Mm. that Mac Jones was the better quarterback than Tua. There was more aggressive play calling. More, Without a doubt. More, yeah. It was a different offense into it. Two, Tua was a lot of RPOs and screens, and we're going to pick four guys for this one guy and just throw to that guy. And, oh, we've thrown this slant three times now. Let's run this slant, go. This guy, they were going, hey, drop back. We'll protect you. We're going to send this guy in a 20-yard post, this guy in a 20-yard out. The backside guy's going to be running a 20-yard in-cut, and we want you just to stand in there and, and you know, you get a little pressure, move around and make the throw. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me spoke volumes, too, to think, like, ooh, Ooh, they're calling it a more aggressive down the field passing attack with lesser receivers than right. the year before. And that's where, I'll, again, Mac Jones, I know it's not sexy, but damn, I just don't know how you can really. The results are real, is what I'm saying. It's <laughs> not made up by college bullshit or anything like right. that. Yeah,
2: I would challenge anybody if they yeah. had time just to watch him. And I'm going to say nine times out of 10, people are going to turn it off and say, okay, he's, he, he's better than what I gave him credit for at Alabama. I do think it's a legitimate question about how he moves in the pocket. Can, you know, third down and six, is he one of these guys who can get you seven yards? Not as well as a lot of these others that we see right now. How much does that bother you?
1: Like, third down and six, I think he could go scramble and get it. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I've seen enough to think that is capable, you know. Now, even though I'm on board with you with all the Mac Jones
2: stuff, I I do say, you know what? I I don't know if you want somebody who can really run and move around. Well,
1: it's not really run. I'm just saying, can Mac Jones third and six go? Let me look at the out to the left. Oh, let me look at the end cut in the middle. Oh, let me look at the other end cut to the right. Oh, nothing's there. Oh, look, the Red Sea parted and I can maybe get seven yards. He can do that. It, it's not like that slow to where I'm like, whoa, let alone I see so many times where he's running up in the pocket and he's like, oh, I might run. And then he realizes, whoa, they're closing in the second level, the linebackers. And he throws a, a dart right, you know, through their ear hole there to get a 15 or 20 yard completion too. So again, we have the question. I am all about like, yes, elite abilities and skills. Anybody that's listening to me is doing all that. I'd be the first to go, whoa, I don't think this guy's got it. This is scary. I mean, are you kidding me? He's some slow, square, white guy, right, with not a huge, powerful arm. Okay, no, that's not the case. He's a guy that doesn't look great in his uniform, that has unbelievable feet, bounces around. He's got a tennis background. So all that shows on the field, you know, his ability to move his feet and do that. And then he's a high-level thrower. He is. And that's where, again, if you're thinking about quarterback movement all the time, no, maybe he's not your guy. But if you're really in a system where, hey, we value the drop-back pass game and a guy that can move within the pocket and make throws there, he is he's still damn special that way. We're
2: moments away from getting into Kellen Mond, who you mm-hmm. have as your number four quarterback. Yeah. But one more about Mac Jones is right. they kind of go together as Mac's at three. Isaac Benia asks, what elite traits does Mac Jones have over Kellen Mond?
1: Yeah, uh, I think – the the biggest thing would be feel in the feel in the pocket. My only negative, and we'll start to dive into Kellen Mond here, is I wish he would move and play backyard football a little mm. bit more within the pocket. But a, after that, that's about it. His arm's not as powerful as Mond. His he's not as athletic. The release is comparable. I would say Mac Jones can throw has shown me the ability to throw the ball from you know, different ways under pressure. Oh, I got to get real tight and loft it. Oh, I got to get real tight and drive the football. You know, he's shown me the ability to do more that way than Kalamon. The pure, raw ability, though, Mm. no, Mond has more. Mond is – like, Mond looks like a guy to me that could run low four fives in the 40. And then his arm is explosive. The ball absolutely explodes off of his hands, let alone – you know, I'm not going to say he's good at reading things quite yet as Mac Jones, but it's up there. I'm going to go, you know, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are ready to read and do all that stuff the NFL way. Mond is not far behind that. You know, he ran more pro quarterback stuff than even Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson as far as just going through reads and doing that type of stuff. You think he had more responsibility at the line and – I don't know if it's more responsibility, the line. I just saw there's – I think there's more pro concepts in general to where he goes. Like like I talked about with Trevor Lawrence, a lot was like, hey, it's uh, one-on-one. I'm going to throw the fade. Oh, one-on-one and, you know, I'll throw the back shoulder. Oh, it's one-on-one, let me throw the out route. And then it was with Trevor Lawrence, you know, more of Trevor Lawrence stuff. Let me throw the bubble screen. Okay, the bubble screen. Ooh, they're getting antsy on the bubble screen. We're going to fake the bubble screen. Now I'm going to throw a whole shot up the right sideline. It's a lot of that. There's not as much of, you know, I'm looking at one to my left and two down the middle and three just, you know, to the right middle and then four across the field. No, when it comes to that – You know, Wilson, Mac Jones, Kellen Mond did more of that than Trevor Lawrence. And that's not – I'm not worried. I've seen enough to know Trevor Lawrence can do it. Again, that's not a knock on Trevor Lawrence, just so everybody gets off my
2: back I think you've done a good job of these last couple sessions of saying, I like Trevor Lawrence a lot. I just don't think he's the best one in the draft. So I I think we have kind of turned the corner from
1: Mac Jones to Kellen Mond. I hope so. so. Is there anything else? We can go back to it. Around any corner,
2: within every battle. About Kellen Mond from J.K. Takes. Yeah. As an A&M fan, it was tough to watch Kellen at times, especially when it came to taking shots downfield. What makes him a potentially great NFL quarterback when he wasn't a great college quarterback? Gosh,
1: well, you know, first off, this is where we get into evaluating quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't watch film and go, Kellen Mond was turning down wide-open bombs down the field. I actually go, holy crap, that wasn't really open. They didn't, th- there was nothing there that I went – Whoa, he's – man, I'm watching these games, and he's missing 50-yard posts down the middle every game. So that's not on Kellen Mond. That's on the coaches and whatever else. That's their fault. When those opportunities were there, damn, he stripes it. He really does. He throws the appropriate ball more times than not. You know, I, so, again, yeah, I, I – when I looked at the struggles of their offense, because I always go look at the worst games and things like that, right? When I looked at them in a lot of those games, I didn't come away going, Kellen Mann was the problem. Yeah, I know. He went 11 for 34 against LSU. What'd you see there? Well, I saw one, probably five, six, seven balls dropped that could have got it closer to 50%. Where I go, and I'm not just saying, like, oh, the guy got a finger on it. It's a drop. I'm talking like drop. Like the ball hit him in the stomach. The ball was right in front of his face. Like, so there was a few drops there. And then, listen, I know there's people in college football that think Jimbo Fisher's offense is predictable as hell. I've I've heard it too much. And then when I turn on games like LSU and – I see LSU versus other opponents and going, they don't run this defense, but here they are against A&M, and they're doubling this guy or doubling that guy or, you know, in some zone blitz and they've all gone to one area. You know, th- there was a lot of plays where I go, well, where do you want Kellen Mond to throw the football? Again, mm-hmm. that's where I get into – it's like the old Patrick Mahomes TCU game. Did you watch the TCU game? I did. And what the fuck did you expect from him? <laughs> I don't know. When nobody's open and you're not protected – Shit's hard. I don't know what to say. You're not going to have good stats. And to me, when I saw those type of games more than not, I looked at it more as just like, no, the offense is failing. It's not Kellen Mond. And I would say even in some of the games where the stats are good, I go holy shit that he makes some throws that nobody else in the, like, you know, except the top guys can make some of these throws or make this offense happen. You know, I can look at the Alabama game where he went 25 for 44, you know, and he goes three touchdowns, one interception, and I, I can say, you know, we, we can put some other quarterbacks in there, and I, I promise you it ain't going to be 25 for 44. You know, the incompletions are even good. That's what I like. There's The decision's not bad, and the ball's thrown in the appropriate spot and in incompletions, right, to where, you know, you might have a corner route. And, okay, he's got, you know, the corner route. He thinks he might have it, but there's a, maybe a corner, a zone corner underneath. You know, he puts it in a spot where, oh, maybe the receiver can just get it, but the corner's not going to get it and intercept it or do anything like that. So I, I don't look at those issues as being Kellen Mond issues is what I'm saying.
2: You brought up the offense. I've heard the name Jimbo Fisher yeah. at least once. From at Bradley Clem 3, regarding Kellen Mott, it seems every quarterback Jimbo Fisher has goes in the first round. Jamarcus Russell, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, Jameis Winston, but the only one with any success at all in the NFL – is Winston, is that a
1: concern for you? I, not totally, no. It's not. You know, again, Jamarcus Russell had a, a, you know, a litany of issues, yeah. right? So that means nothing. Ponder, hey, I'll sit there. You know, again, if I was in this business and I'm just, I was just sitting out of football that year, I argued with a lot of people that year that were coaches in the NFL that were like, what do you see about Christian Ponder that makes you think he's a top-ten pick? I, so I never understood that at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mond, to me, has, like, way more talent than a ponder. Okay, Jamarcus Russell's talent was amazing, but it was just all arm strength, and it was very raw. Right. Mond has a true chance to be everything you want as an NFL quarterback. Compared to, like, compared to Jameis Winston, his arm's more powerful than Jameis Winston his decision-making is better than Jameis Winston. There's no doubt about that. So I look at it from that standpoint, and I just look at too many positives of the decisions, the appropriate throws, and then the high-end talent. And again, what I all, all I go back to is I wish we saw more backyard football and him moving around and doing things like that. And I wish he wouldn't be so tight with the football and he would just let it relax a little bit to let it flow and do things like that. But those are easy fixes. I don't have issues with that. And what was the main part of that question? What else do you want to mean? The main part, and I'm no. chasing oh, down Oh, yeah, no, but yeah, that's question. okay. Don't worry. But that's, that's okay. the Jimbo Fisher, the quarterbacks, the history, all of that. No, I'm not necessarily concerned with that. Okay. I'm not.
2: Kyle Jaspers, and you kind of started to go down here. I'm just going to continue it. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the pod. Respect your process. You said the one thing you wish Kellen Mond did more was play backyard football. Right. What is more easily fixed in the NFL, Mon's creative ability and yeah. off schedule throwing, or Justin Fields' mechanical issues?
1: Yeah, th- that to me, that's where I got. That's why I put Mon four, and that was exactly. That's a great question, and that's what I broke it down to basically. You know, it's easier to fix Mon's issues. Mon's issues are you can just a quarter a good coach here in the NFL is going to be able to. Hey, one, two, Harry, right, get out. Get You're too good of an athlete. In fact, early on in his career, you might just go, hey, I want you to go one to two, and they're not open. Get out and move and make something happen. He throws the ball at an elite level on the run. I mean, it's elite. Everything he does throwing, Paul, is elite to me. Hmm. It really is. Let alone – you know, unlike a Jameis Winston and those other things we talked about, you know, when the game gets ugly, he doesn't, like, force it. He, he, he plays within himself. Like that game we talked about at LSU, I thought one of the great positives was it, you know, it was ugly, but he wasn't going to, like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I need to throw this one. I need to fit a big play in here for my for my draft highlight tape. Hmm. No, he just, okay, it's going to be ugly today. We're going to have to gut it out. and won the football game, you know, in the SEC with a tough schedule. Um, But it is easier to fix the scrambling and doing that than it is to try to get a guy who's been doing something one way his whole life to now fix that. That takes more time. It's more of a risky fix altogether. Mm -hmm. And let alone not on top of that, he's not nearly the decision maker Bond is either. You know, so that it's like a double whammy. You know, with Fields, you got yeah the mechanical issues. All right, but then that goes into hey, it's a lot of like look at the first guy. Oh, and then he just he looks to run. He's almost too backyardy at times, and if he sits within the pocket and goes through reads, it's definitely not as clean as Mond either. It can when he does that. There's times where I go whoa, don't do that, or whoa, that's a risky decision. Uh, and Mond has the advantages in, the, in those scenarios as well. Last week you said that the guy in front of him, Mac
2: Jones, you'd be comfortable with him going in the top ten. Yeah. You think he should. Yeah. Not asking for a team or yeah. a specific spot. Right. Where do you think Mond with that talent belongs in the first round?
1: I, I, I'm a, I'm a anywhere the tens to the twenties. You know, I, I just go through like this, like I, just at a base level. I'm way more excited to see what I – from what I see with this guy than I do Daniel Jones. Mm. I'm more excited than what I saw from Tua last year. For sure. I'm more excited than what I saw from Dwayne Haskins a few years ago. So from that standpoint, you know, I look at it, and I told you before. I think a lot of like the, some of the things I like the way his mechanics are. There's a little Colin Kaepernick style to that. Hmm. Hey, Ka- hey, listen, I'm not trying to get anything into the the politics or anything. With that. the motion. Yeah, a little bit of the motion. Except I think he's a more diverse thrower than Kaepernick was coming out. Kaepernick only had like one or two clubs. It was yeah. the rifle, right. And then it was like he had a, a you know a three iron that it, like it was all. This kid has all the clubs to go along with mm-hmm. it, but. You know, to me, he this is the guy that slips the Dak Prescott of the world. This is the guy that, that I'm not going to make a mistake on again, that right. I'm pissed that I didn't scout myself the right way with That's Dak Prescott. Yeah. That's to me, this is who we're going to miss on, where everyone – I'm going to sit here, and if I didn't make him this, I'd go, you know, I saw all these things, but I bought into the fucking narratives out there on the news and this people saying that and this, and – no, this is the guy that's you know the diamond in the rough this mm-hmm. year that people are sleeping on. That I go, he's NFL ready and he has the NFL talent to go along with it. Hey Pete, um, how about a team between
2: fifteen and twenty that might a quarterback
1: game? Here I got just it. throw one out. Yeah,
2: nineteen Washington. Mm. Twenty Chicago. This is where he's different. Now this is. I- Chicago at 20 is really interesting just because they're in the whole Russell Wilson know, thing right now. Right.
1: Be a tough trade for them to pull off. Right. He'll, I'm going to guess he'd be there at 20. He might be. You know, he might be. Listen, I don't know. Man, I might be the only guy that sees it this way. Yeah. We'll see where we go here. You know? But you look at like the – 24 ba- Steelers. The Bears, yeah. The Steelers, okay, maybe. Yeah. This is where, you know, I look at a team like Washington, and, again, they're going to have to do their homework and meet this kid and do all of that. But this is where, like, they're, they're, we don't expect them to, like, be in the Super Bowl this year. They do need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. This kid's mature with the way he plays the position. Mm-hmm. He could go in there and you could he could play Alex Smith-type ball where he just, hey, don't make a mistake. We get an awesome defense. When he's open, you throw a rifle in there. We like that. Right. Too, I, easy. You know, too easy. Too uh, easy. Okay, here's one for you. The Patriots, I do think he'd fit some of what the Patriots want to do. Yeah. I do. Again, I think he could run some of that, what they want to do, that Cam Newton stuff maybe with the way that's built because he's athletic. Yeah. And I do think he can go through reads and be a pinpoint thrower for yeah. the Patriots. I do. I don't know if they feel that way or if they'd want to go that route. But, yeah. Here's a what if. Yeah.
2: What if at 12, San Francisco, what if John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, saying we are taking a quarterback at 12, top three are off the board. So, Mac Jones goes in the top 10. They're sitting there at 12
1: and your top three are not available. Mond at 12? I, I, I wouldn't be crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I don't. I know. I don't. And I think he'd fit Kyle the Shanahan. What said, God, sh- 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 I, should I, I do I, this? I think he fits the Shanahan system. I think he's got everything that Kyle would want. Yeah. I do. You know, again, I see touch. I see, you know, anticipation. I see phenomenal throws with no room in the pocket. I'm talking like – He can do some of the Zach Wilson stuff to where, like, there's a throw. He throws a post in the North Carolina game at the end of the year. There's a post. He's 30 yards down the field. He's got no room to throw it. It's barely about to come open. And he kind of just, like, with people around him and puts the ball in a spot where the guy can go get it. There's so many of those throws down the middle of the field, outside the numbers that are in tight windows where I just go, man, that was perfect, let alone, like I said, he can really, really throw it and step on the gas. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I got no problem with that. I think this guy's being really overlooked. Yeah, and we'll see where we this could goes. You have an entire Kellen. I'm excited to see well. where this this conversation yeah. goes with this guy.
2: Well, for today, it's going to go to your fifth quarterback, Justin Fields. Yeah, Vish Kumaran says it feels like Justin Fields is similar to your valuation of Sam Darnold back in 2018, from the standpoint of struggles in the pocket, has mechanical issues. But is still a surefire, surefire first-round pick. Is that fair? Uh,
1: yes, he's he's more raw with some of the throwing and stuff like that, though, within the pocket. Like, and I know this person's obviously been listening because one of my things with Sam Darnold was he was great with backyard football. I didn't always love him when it was just like, hey, stand in the pocket and throw that twenty-five-yard, you know, crossing route mm-hmm. with some authority and put it on the money. That's when he would be off a little bit. He was actually better when he was moving around and on the run and shuffling up in the pocket and doing those type of things. He's really good that way. But, no, Fields' issues are, are greater than that. They are. Fields' issues can 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 really scare me as a thrower at times. What you say his number one issue is? Well, just, you know, the overall – accuracy of the football at times you know it's less than what Sam Darnold's was and what I was explaining back then now he's a better athlete and we talked about that and he has real size but as we mentioned a few times in the last podcast when we broke this down a little bit you know there's there's you can't really take anything for granted as far as a, a throw or a completion with Justin Fields when he's on his game it looks pretty and you go wow that's really good but like what we talked about, there's just too many easy throws, should-be-slam-dunk completions where it's not even close to being a completion. So that's what scares me, let alone, like I said, it's been a little bit of a one-read-and-run uh, type of quarterback play from him, and that's where it's less than, than Sam Darnold. I really look at Fields as being like someone you would want, I think, somewhere between the 20s and 32s. I would want him, like I talked about, a little – in a position where he could sit behind somebody for mm-hmm. a year, you know that's where I, I did bring up Pittsburgh with Big Ben. Yeah, uh, Slow Runner has a question that's right. uh, similar to that.
2: What's an ideal team or system for Fields to land with in order to overcome these drawbacks?
1: Yeah, I, you know, any place that just he doesn't have to be thrust in and expected to carry the team with his right arm or decision making, you know that. And and because from everything I know, I mean, listen, I, I think this kid's capable of of you know, showing progress as a pocket passer and doing those things. Hey, played at Ohio State, first guy was open a lot. They throw to a lot of open spaces. You know, they kind of just protect and say, hey, you figure it out. I don't really know if he knows pass protections like I talked about. There's too many times where I saw certain blitzes and he didn't know he was hot until he saw, whoa, the guy's three feet from me and nobody blocked him. I better try to find a way to get the ball out of it. He's raw that way. So, yeah, you'd want him in that type of scenario, at least in my opinion. That's why I say Pittsburgh, where it's like, okay, we're coming to the end with Big Ben. You know, he can learn from Big Ben and how you approach the NFL season and maybe fix some of those, you know, physical issues as far as the technique issues and become a more polished passer.
2: Arian Khan uh, carries this point. How easily can his issues, like the ones that caused him to be a bad short pass thrower, be fixed?
1: They they can be fixed. It's going to take tremendous reps and repetition. It's not the kind of thing where you're just going to go, this is where, to me, like, knowing the guy and the mm-hmm. pro day are going to be really big. I want to see at the pro day, you know, where I'm going to move you around. I'm going to wear you out a little bit. I want to see if you could stay within these mechanics. Because, yeah, you could probably cheat them and fool people for 45 or 50 throws yeah. if that's all you're thinking about. But you start to get them tired, get them worn out. Let me just see, is he working on these? Did he recognize them? And okay, now he's recognized them. And let me see how he puts it all together. He's a natural thrower, so he can fix these issues. But it's not something where I look at and I expect it just to be, like, gone and done with by the time training camp comes around.
2: What, what percentage, and we don't need any kind of names here, what percentage of buildings in the NFL, the 32, have a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator who can really take someone like this with all this talent and experience yeah. and take him one standard deviation better with his mechanics? Well – there, there's not a lot
1: that are that are great in this I a, department. I
2: have a number in my head. I'm yeah. gonna write it down. I'm single
1: if, single digits.
2: I'm is, just, just gonna write it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna give an order or a range, and see if see if, if it's what you hit.
1: I mean. Really, like for people that I think could really like stay on it, fix it, know what they're talking about, things like that. Yeah, I think it's like seven, eight guys in the I said whole six league. Six to eight. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in that range. Isn't that something? Yes, because, you know, again, the NFL. You got a lot of quarterback coaches and everything that, that really don't know how to throw. They've ne- they're 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 too prideful that now they have this job that they don't try to go out and never really learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. They don't because it's a I'm supposed to be an NFL coach, I'm supposed to know. I don't want to tell anybody I don't know. Oh well, I don't know. That's what Bill Belichick's done all these years. He's he's just acted like he knows it all and that's mm-hmm. how he's got so good. That's where so many coaches, you know, fail in my opinion. You're not supposed to know everything. Learn more. And, yes, there's lack of those guys in the NFL. I mean, I was around very few in my career. You know, my dad will tell you the same thing. He only had, like, two coaches his whole career that could have told him anything about throwing the football. Right. You know, now there's some easy things where even a base-level NFL quarterback coach, who I might not be blown away with, is going to – now that you're in an NFL locker room and there's no the 20-hour rule – There's some things here like we talked about with his legs and his base, right? And just keeping it shoulder width apart, not letting his feet come close together, right? I mean, do what can I stand up, Kristen, at all or do any of that? You think you could tilt that up today? (laughs) All right. Well, either way, you know, let me get my feet in the screen, but just like hey, just a basic start for him is just to stay here, right? Just stay in this this manner right home oh, look at this Just stay here and like you talked about you brought it up the first thing you noticed you know okay that's the first thing a coach is going to have to do with Justin Fields no matter where it is hey when we throw we want the feet right here all the time doesn't matter where you throw it can't go oh now we're over here let me bring them back together and do this like there's no way there's way too many moving parts you're never going to be able to so that's A pretty fairly easy fix as long as people can stay on that. Mm. And then there's going to be the other aspect, of course, of tying the upper body together with it. You know, first off, this gets too floppy like we talked about. And that's okay to have a flexible arm, but it can't just be all flexible arm by itself. At some point, there's got to be a little bit of the body to go along with it. If you're just locking the front shoulder in, which he will do at times, and he just locks it there and then just makes it all about this, you're not going to be consistent that way either. So right. you're going to have to take. It's going to be somebody that's going to have to stay on them, right. and know what they're talking about a little bit to, to fix that issue. As long as you're up, stay up. Yeah.
2: I, I want to point out too that it's bad to be a long strider as it relates to the accuracy because when you take that long stride, what happens? your weight comes forward exactly. and the ball's There's back. too many it's moving difficult parts. difficult to
1: control Quarterbacks' it. heads don't go like this as they throw the football. Right. They don't do that, right? If you watch Rodgers or Brady, like it might be this right there. Okay, it's about as far as it's going to go. Right, But so many times they're, oh my gosh, somebody's right here in my pocket and they got to go, huh. Mm-hmm. And you didn't move at all. You stayed there because you were on that back foot as you're talking about. Right. And now you have the ability to crank and torque and let me just do it right like that. That's what makes like Zach Wilson. That's why I, I love him. That's why I like Rodgers and Mahomes. They can be here and oh, people around them and they can be, oh. Huh! And they can both feet off the ground or do whatever, the, whatever throw they want. Um, and in this draft – you know, that's Zach Wilson, Mond can do that. Mac mm-hmm. Jones is phenomenal. Trevor Lawrence, who does get a little too much body movement himself at times with his lower legs a little. You said he stood up a little bit too. He can be like this where he's a tall. backbender, yeah. right, and he just kind of falls out of it and does that. He still throws so many good balls, even though it's the wrong way at times. Mm-hmm. And he can be a little bit of a long strider. Not that his body goes really forward with it, but it is a long strider where there's a little bit of a moving part. But here's the thing where I go, like, Trevor Lawrence I know can fix it. like I saw so many throws where Trevor Lawrence had, had like, people in his face, and now he couldn't step into it and like, use his longer motion. And he would do things the right way, and he could still throw it with incredible pace and power. And that, to me, shows me he can fix that pretty easily. All right. All right. I don't know. I, we said a You're lot sitting? there.
2: You're going to sit now?
1: Yeah, good. Last week breath. you were sweating after you said. Not sweating you? Today. You all right today. No no hoodie today.
2: <laughs> all right. Your sixth quarterback, Trey Lance. Yeah. <laughs> At Taylor. What is Taylor's last name here? Taylor Pia. P- Plemons. Taylor Plemons. You know Taylor?
1: What is it? No, Taylor I don't. Taylor
2: No. Trey Lance seems so alike to Josh Allen, but with better stats and a similar athletic profile. Why do you have them ranked so differently?
1: Right. Well, I, I, uh, Josh Allen, Trey Lance's throwing is not up to Josh Allen. It's not. not even close. No, Josh Allen's arm is like one of those where you go, it was like watching Mahomes or Brett Favre for the first time. You were like, what? Is that serious, that throw? Like, holy cow. You know, no, Trey Lance is a little bit more mechanical, he doesn't throw the ball as much and do any of that. I like Trey Lance. I like a lot of like the traits he brings. There's no doubt. In fact, I, I like I've said last week, I think he's a little bit more of a consistent thrower than Justin Fields is. But still, it's one game. And it's really one game and over a year. One game in over it's a crazy. year and the year before that. I mean, you got games where he throws it 14, 15 times. It's just and it's a very easy college offense where I go Listen, the NFL is not going to be like this. And, just, and
2: he is so much better than his competition so many times. Like, no it, doubt about it. It's like watching the sixth grader at recess with the third graders. There, there's no doubt. Like, Which he, is ultimately a compliment, but it's hard to evaluate.
1: Well, it's, it, it is. And, again, the throwing is the throwing. I know that. Like, again, if you're throwing in the tight windows or the ball popping out of your hand, I don't care what competition it is. I can see if it's real or not. The running is hard to gauge a little at times yeah. because he has got unbelievable acceleration and explosion. But you're also like, okay, that guy's never going to be even in a training camp in the NFL, you know, or couldn't even play for a major Division One college team, too. So it is a little tough that way. But to compare it to Josh Allen, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's really no comparison there. You know, Josh Allen had you know, two years there at the end where he almost came out the year or was being talked about already the year before. Like, whoa, look at this guy. Look at some of the throws he's making, doing that type of stuff. He's 240 pounds. They were putting the whole game on him and they were dropping back every throw and doing those type of things. And yeah, I know it was a little crazy and raw. Well, they weren't good. I mean, they were the worst pass-protecting offensive line that year out of any of the major quarterbacks coming out. He had nobody talented at receiver. There wasn't people open. He played in horrible weather conditions. So that led to this narrative that, you know, he was of course not accurate and all those type of things. Yeah. We've we've hit all that, but no, I can't say Trey Lance is on the level of a Josh Allen uh comparing them. But I like things about Trey Lance for sure. Staying
2: with Trey here at yeah. Brandon B. Rose 1. I keep seeing Lance getting mocked at my Carolina Panthers.
1: They picked eighth. Should I be concerned or excited? They could be concerned. What? I mean, there's no way he's going to the Carolina Panthers at eight. There's no way. They're going to run the Joe Burrow offense with the guy who can't – we haven't seen drop back and throw? That's who they're going to go with? Come on. That's, That's not going to happen. Where would Stop. you like to see him go? Trey, I don't, Trey Lance. Not a team, just a yeah. range. Well, I don't think Trey Lance is going to end up going in the first round. Okay. I, I would be shocked. I just think that the more these coaches dive into this, they're going to go, man, I like his talent. I like those things, you know, and everything about it. But we can't expect him to play for us this year. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to, you know, it, we'll, we'll be lucky if he can play for us next mm-hmm. year. We got we to see where this goes. We don't really know. So... That's to me, is where he's a second-round pick where we got to get him used to NFL life and going through reads and drop back pass offense and doing all that type of stuff. In that case, I mean, Pittsburgh at 24. I mean, maybe if you you felt like that, exactly right. I mean, it could be that type of scenario. But it's something like that where you want him to sit for a year, learn the position, learn the NFL, Mm -hmm. and go from there. I don't think it's going to be looked at. Like we talked about, again, with like the top three guys for sure who I think are NFL-ready right now. Yeah. Like, no, this is not a guy that's NFL-ready. This is a guy you, 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 he's going to have to groom, be groomed a little bit in all aspects of his play. Jumping
2: into the top ten, we mm-hmm. already talked about the Jets at two. I think you want them to take Zach Wilson. It yeah. would make perfect sense. Right. Carolina comes up a lot as well as a trigger yeah. point for quarterbacks that early. Who would you like to
1: see end up at eight? Well, th- that to me is where I do get into the Mac Jones conversation. You know, just because it just it makes too much sense. They are a team that wants to dice you up with a drop-back pass game. Here's a guy that's been coached, you know, in a pretty damn good pro-style offense and Nick Saban and Sarkeesian looking all over him, right, to where I go, okay, that makes sense. You know, he knows how to make decisions. He knows how to slide and make the throws in the pocket. That's what Carolina wants. Plus, he's got more talent than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's a way better thrower. He's got even a stronger arm, everything about it. Right. So, to me, and with McCaffrey and, you know, the Robbie Anderson and, and D.J. Moore, you know, those two right there, and who knows who they get as a third receiver. Curtis Samuels, a free agent. I just go, that, that to me screams Mac Jones uh, to be that guy to, to run that offense.
2: Uh, One more, and you you kind of touched on this last week, but it comes up a lot with Trey Lance. This is from Richard in Tucson. Hey, Chris, do you have Trey Lance that low to a lack of competition and because of a season that never happened?
1: No, it's not necessarily – the season that never happens a real thing. Yeah, you know, for a young guy who's just learning the position to not have him played the position for a year, that's not good. The most important thing is is getting reps, getting out there, getting throwing, doing all those things. He wasn't even asked to do that when he was playing football two years ago. You know, they wanted to run first. You know, a lot of the times it was look at one guy and then you run. Or here's a play-action pass and we've designed it just for this one guy to get open and now you throw to that one guy. So uh, I'm more not necessarily concerned with the competition. Listen, I like, you know, uh, Carson Wentz coming out and Josh Allen like we've talked about and those type of guys. So where I don't get totally obsessed with that, it's more about the style of play and just, you know, the projection of he's not ready for the NFL and what's going to be expected to expected of him there.
3: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference.
2: So that's a little bit, a lot of bit on some of these guys yeah. in your top six. Yeah, Got a lot of responses about guys that are not listed in your top six. Yep. If you're ready to kind of talk about some sure some more down, down the line kind of guys. Yep. Let's start with Kyle Trask. And, Pete, okay. I don't know how, how you read it, but I got more about Kyle, Kyle Trask related to him being left off your top six than any of the other quarterbacks. At 11, Jordan Cole says, Why has Trask fallen behind Mac Jones? To me, Trask has a better arm. Neither are very mobile, but Trask is bigger and seems to be able to stand in the pocket longer. Kind of like Big
1: Ben, Trask also did more with less. Um, Trask didn't do more with less. Tr- Trask has pits. The other receiver going to be the first-round pick, too. So it's, it's, you could say it's every bit as good, if not better, than, than, than Alabama this year. Good points. Okay, so that's the first thing we're going to hit on. His arm is not better than Mac Jones. It's not even on the same planet. They're not the same planet. I'm, d- I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I'm going to be a jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, yes, it's, it's, the throwing is all over the place. Yes, he's bigger. He's not even close to the athlete Mac Jones is. You know, Kyle Trask doesn't move well. It's lumbering. It's a slow motion. Dan Mullins found 90 million ways to throw fades up the sidelines for Kyle Trask because that was the only throw he can consistently make. That's really all it was. They found more ways to run wheel routes, slot wheel, fade, double move, fade, so he could basically throw the ball to the same spot the whole season. That's, that's really what they did. So it's not a good athlete. You know, obviously as the knee injury issue. It's way below NFL average arm. It's below NFL average accuracy. So none of that. You know, again, he's not on the level of Mac Jones. This is the first quarterback we've talked about in two pods,
2: too. You're kind of hoisting a red flag. Like the other guys, you've had to explain why Trevor Lawrence is two instead of one and why you have Mac up at three, but it hasn't been – Mostly
1: negative about any of the guys, right? Until now, no, it, and, and I don't. I hate being negative, but being I, I just about know. Well, see. I know because I know. I, I know that was, I got this question a lot. It's again. Here's it's Florida. It's the hype machine. They won. How could it not be him? His stats were good. I don't know. I mean, first off, if it was that great, maybe they would have played him more in the bowl game, and they wouldn't have been putting another guy in there. Okay, so that just tells you a little bit. All right, and I'm not trying to judge off of that too harshly all right but at the same time no i i i would be surprised if kyle trask gets picked in the first four rounds of the draft Mm. no i think he is a down the line draft prospect there is nothing elite about his game uh and you're you're being disrespectful to say that he's similar to mac jones have you
2: had anybody uh inside the league call and say hey what do you see in here that I'm not? Because I kind of like this trash I, I can't
1: guys. say that I have, no. And, you know, again, it's still early. Like, even with some coaches of the coaches pe- are just getting into the it. The coaches are really just getting it. I got more feedback from, like, scouts and things like that. Because they're already in it. And they've been in it. Mm-hmm. You know, coaches, yes, are just starting to dive in. And the, even the ones that I got that wanted to get in the nitty-gritty, they almost, it was like, hey, I haven't really watched him yet. I've seen a little. What would you, what'd you think, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were going like, hey, I disagree or I agree that he does this and this. Yeah, Like you said, most teams have just gotten done with free agency and how they want to attack that, and now you're seeing the coaches start to dive into the draft. Let's go to
2: Stanford on Davis Mills yeah. at Harry Gassione. Might be from North Jersey. <laughs> you neck of the woods there. I know he may not be a top five quarterback, but thoughts on Davis Mills from yeah. Stanford?
1: He has a lot of intrigue around the league. He is, he's next. After my six, I would say Davis Mills is next, right? Now, I don't think it's first round or even – I don't really look at it as second round. I think what Davis, Davis Mills is, he's really polished, like knows how to play the position – Pretty, you know, good solid arm, mm-hmm. but now you know it's it's just it's NFL average, maybe a little bit above that. It's really NFL average. He does have some size. He's a better athlete than I expected, or at least what I saw on TV a little last year. But yeah, to me, he's more of a middle round pick by a team to go. Hey, this guy could be a really good backup for a long time. And you know what if we formulate the right thing around him I don't know he could maybe be our starter one day. Mm. That that's to me what he is along that range. So uh, I really like him but I think like after the first 6 he's the next guy but unlike the first 6 who all have elite traits. Like they all have something elite about their game where I go that that's elite enough to me to go I think they're in the first round talent conversation. I don't think he has that. And that's where I think he's kind of that that third or fourth round type of guy. Let's go to your old school, Texas. Yeah,
2: Sam Ellinger.
1: Ellinger. 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 Yes, right. I, I've heard both. I, you know, I hope I'm right. I think I'm right. <laughs> I would say the hard G or J sounds. Yeah. Okay, Sam. I Ellinger. think I'm right.
2: <laughs> Alex Hill asks, can you explain the lack of buzz for Sam Ellinger? Well, he's
1: great college quarterback. You know, scrappy, tough. His running's not going to translate to the NFL. It's not, it's not that special. I mean, if he runs and lowers his shoulder the way he did in college football in the Big 12, mm. he's not going to last long because he's mm. not a real, real big guy. Now, to me, I look at him as more of a, you know, again, I think it's going to be a, a late, later in the draft type of guy to where, you know, maybe a team like Baltimore maybe wants a guy like that who can, hey, he can run the ball a little bit. If the guy's open, he'll hit it. But the throwing is just less than it's a slow delivery, it's a way below NFL average arm, and to me, yes, he's a down the hill, down the line type of guy.
2: Wake Forest Jamie Newman at Vago yeah. K says, "I feel like this class can produce two starters
1: between rounds three and five, maybe Newman from Wake Forest." Newman has some high end talent. Now, like, there's a few things that, like, first off, I, I you know, I don't know, I haven't. It sounded like. You know, he lost a job at Georgia, right, and transferred to go to Wake Forest. And then Wake Forest said, you're going to have to compete to get the job back again. And he said, the hell with it, I'm going to the NFL. I, I don't love that story right, right. there. Yeah. Okay, that, I don't love that. He is built like a freak of nature, and I say that respectively. I mean, he is. He lo- he, as soon as you turn on the film, you go, whoa, look at those arms and that shoulder. And the running is real his you know his arm is he could throw it through a wall when he throw but he could also miss the wall is what i worry about <laughs> it's just really raw that way so he to me is a total project you know from that standpoint you know and again i don't think that's a top 3 or 4 round type of guy i think he's a guy that gets drafted maybe somewhere in rounds 5 6 or 7 and you go let's bring him in and he can be our third stringer mm-hmm. for now. And he's got some things about him that maybe he could be something two or three years from now. Right. That's, to me, the kind of guy Newman is. Uh, but his physical attributes do pop off the screen. Sources say Ellinger. Ellinger. It Ellinger. is Ellinger. Yeah. I choked. Yes. Uh, Pete, thank you. Sammy the Bull. That's what he is. I used—I mean, he was. I got more respect for that kid. Played hard, right? Played tough, clutch. I mean, I loved watching him.
2: Under the heading of other 2021 quarterbacks, this is from at Anthony Rufos. Do you have a James Morgan, a.k.a. a guy who is a sleeper on your radar with other elite traits or tantalizing aspects to his game?
1: Right. That's good. Good. I like that. That's a real listener. You're right. James Morgan had some elite traits last year. When you saw the throwing, you went, whoa, Okay. You know, again, that's that's the kind of guy where Pete, where did James Morgan get drafted last year? Fifth round, something like that. Fourth round. Right. That's the kind of guy you take in the fourth round. To me, it's the guy where you go, wait, at worst, he could be a backup. But yet there's something here where I go. Maybe we could really catch something special here. Right. I don't know if I see that guy right now. I don't know if I do. You know, I talked about Davis Mills, but I know what he is. He's going to be a guy that's going to run an offense and take what's there to be had and do those type of things. You know, after that, you get into Ian Book, who, Mm. again, I like Ian Book. He's well-schooled, played at Notre Dame, throws spirals, got control of the football, got a pretty good arm. I think he's the next guy in the conversation, you know. Um, Let me see, Felipe Franks. Out of uh, Arkansas. Was it Florida?
2: Then? Yeah. Right. Then
1: He's got, you know, to me, that's maybe another guy. Like, I would go Davis Mills, Ian Book, Felipe Franks. Those are the guys that I expect to come off after the board, I think, after those main guys. And, and you know, there's still some down-the-line guys I need to look at. I haven't gotten through, like, 20 deep. I think I'm like 15 deep yeah, or something have like that. I kids that pay attention Well, to yeah, and i got to start yeah. moving on to other positions in the draft, too. So I will go back and look at some other guys l- later down the line. But to me, those are the guys that jumped off as compared to the Ellinger, Ellinger or, you know, uh, the Bouchelle guy at SMU. Um, who else am I missing? Yeah, when we talked about Kyle Trask uh, and all of that, but – Uh, I I look at those three as being next. Like Felipe Franks, it's slow delivery. It's an average arm, but he is big, and he's a pretty good athlete. He's a pretty good athlete. I was shocked to see for 6'6", for him to move the way he did. Uh, I think those are the next guys in line for me.
2: I have some others that would fall under the the, the miscellaneous title, but I think we're going to talk some quarterbacks. And free we're going to hit some Wednesday. On Wednesday. Yeah, so. okay, cool. Might give you a rest for a couple of days.
1: Okay, and Big Phil, we'll have him on. I know Big Phil's just kind of diving into the college quarterbacks okay. and stuff like that. I don't know how far in he is. I know he had watched Trevor Lawrence really, really closely – I would
2: love to have him watch Mac.
1: Yeah, oh, he is. He's going to watch them all. He just, he kind of just getting started himself here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But we'll have him on Wednesday. We hit everything today. If you got more questions, keep hitting me up. Certainly. We're just going to continue to dive more and more into these topics. We're going to get into free agency here, too, as we go. And then we're going to kind of dive back into the draft just to give everybody a little precursor to where this is all going. I think, like, Pete, right, we're going to start hitting wide receiver rankings and things like that towards the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll start to go position by position, and we'll hit them that way. But you, the man, thanks for driving the ship you. today. Absolutely. Hope everybody was happy there. Hope I didn't get too pissed or pissy about some of those questions. We don't you want know, me. too happy. I know. You know, I'm just trying Keep to give answers and squashed bad narratives and things like that. Um, But hope everybody enjoyed the pod. We'll see you Wednesday. Be good. Peace out.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?